excited to be here today. I'm not going to convince anybody to do the 5 a.m. call because people think I am psychotic when I tell them about the 5 a.m. call. But yeah, I'm really excited. I didn't think I was going to be here yesterday. I was sitting all day in RSW, Fort Myers Airport, and we were actually on the plane. Some plane, United plane in the runway, lost both of its tires, and they shut down the whole airport all day. And so, you know, the whole, like, Delta tells you every single hour, like, next hour we're going to get back on the plane. Next, so I'm sitting there all day, and they just keep pushing it back. And I'm literally a sitting duck all day. I'm like, there's no way... I'm going to make this thing, right? And I'm doing email, I'm keeping myself productive. But I thought of like the agent who right now is an absolute sitting duck. Like think about the agent on traditional floor time. Don't raise your hand if you're doing floor time right now. I'm sorry, I just offended you. But the agent who sits there on floor time at the traditional brokerage and waits for the phone to ring, right? That was me all day yesterday, just like waiting for something to happen and nothing happened getting here until I started taking some extreme action. So for like four or five hours, I'm trying to figure out every which way I can get here. I literally screenshotted Karen, a, uh, there's, a, there's a private airport in Naples. And so I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna give him a call. Maybe there's some reasonable options. I screenshotted Karen, it was like $19,000. She didn't even respond to the text. I think, she, I think she said, what the hell is this guy, nuts? Is he out of his mind? But I just went to every single source I, I possibly could, right? Like what opportunities are there for me to get here? Because I'm committed to being here. I'm committed to making this happen. And so if you know Florida, Naples, South Florida is like far from everything. You're all the way south, right? So there's Tampa, there's Sarasota. I end up getting a flight out of uh, Orlando, which is three and a half hours away. So I go home at like 9.30, 10 from sitting in the airport all day, and I get a two o'clock driver to bring me up to Orlando. So he's calling me at 1.30, Alex, the driver, calling me like all chipper. I'm like, dude, I'll be out there, I'll be up, right? But he doesn't, he doesn't want me to not show up. And so two o'clock to 5.30 to Orlando, then Orlando to Raleigh, and then Karen picked me up, and now I'm here. But if we're not taking that type of extreme action in our business to make it happen, we're gonna be a sitting duck. It's, it's like the agent right now that's just going to that path of least resistance. You know what I'm talking about? That's the floor duty agent. That's the agent that's like, okay, I met Karen at the open house. I'll wait for her to call me. We had a connection. Like, I, I saw you smile at me. I know you're gonna call me, right? And the call never comes in because you don't take the action to follow up. We, like, how many by show of hands have been there where you think somebody's gonna call you, they don't call you, and then you, you see them buy somewhere else, right? Like, is that, it's happened to me. It's happened to me plenty of times. So until we take that extreme action over and over and over again, until we make the commitment and follow through, I could have easily said to Karen, like, I'll just go pathways resistance and like zoom in, or I'll catch you next year. Like, you know, there's, I Google screenshotted her all the articles from news outlets that were highlighting the airport being shut down. Like, I had a legitimate excuse. I could have went home and slept in till 5 a.m. and just had a normal day. But when you're committed to doing something, you have to follow through. Same thing with our business. If you say you're going to get an appointment today, 
The day doesn't stop until you follow through on that commitment. There are multiple different ways when you get creative to get something done. How, just so I have context on the room, how many were in the business in real estate in some fashion before 2008? All right, so I don't know, it's probably 25%. You guys know what I'm talking about. If you're still here today, you know exactly what I'm talking about, the commitment it takes each and every single day to build a long-standing business. Like those day, this winter, those days are coming. Not 2008 level, but where shit gets hard for everybody in this room. Where the level of commitment has gotta go way up. How many got in in like 2008 to, I don't know, let's say 16-ish, like you know, the four or five years after 2008? A couple? And then how many, show of hands, got in just the last couple of years? Good. Guys, for those of you with the hands up, what we're going into in 2023 takes a different level of commitment. A real different level of commitment. I'm excited about it. I'm real excited about it. Everybody in this room should be excited about the opportunity. I got into real estate sales in 2012, but I started in real estate back in 2004. When I was 19 years old, I bought my first house during that mortgage crisis, 2004, five, six, the run up. I bought three homes from age 19 to 21 on four mortgages. Real impressive, right? On, on four mortgages. I had a friend who was a lender. I'm like, dude, just write whatever you need to write. I'm closing on this next week. It's all gonna work out. I was that story. If you watch the big short, I was the story. I got wrapped up in it. Didn't know what I was doing. Didn't know how to buy real estate at the right price. Didn't know how to buy in the right location. I only buy in a great location now, no matter what market I'm buying in. I was just buying properties, excuse me, that I can afford because I was renting them out and I just thought real estate was gonna go up, 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 up. And if I don't buy now, I'm never gonna be able to own one of these properties. I wanted to be like this massive landlord. Back then, like all, everybody I was working with was like, cause 19 to 21, you buy three rental properties. It's like, whoa, this guy came out of nowhere. They were calling me mini Trump. If they said that now, you probably would be like, ah, don't, don't say that and you know, run and hide, right? Like, don't call me mini Trump. But back then it was, it was kind of like this little running joke, but I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how to make a deal. I didn't know how to manage people. I didn't know how to market these properties. I didn't know how to manage the properties. I didn't know how to take care of them. And when the whole world came crashing down, came crashing down on the tenants, came crashing down on me, everything vanished. I went bankrupt by my mid twenties. And so when I actually got into real estate sales in 2012, I had to have an extreme level of commitment if I was actually going to make this thing work. It was my second shot at real estate. My wife had just paid for our wedding out of her pocket, her cash that he, she had saved up. I had nothing. I went through bankruptcy, lost all the houses, lost everything. 2012, in Connecticut, because that's where I started my real estate business, was the absolute bottom of the market. 
2009 they thought was the bottom, then it popped up in like 10 and 11 a little bit, then the real bottom was 2012. Agents were on their way out in 2012. They were getting insurance jobs, they were getting any job that they could. Guess what? For everybody that got in the last couple of years, 2023, you've already seen it now. I'm seeing it now. Agents are going to get a job because the last two years, you didn't need to be very skilled to convert on a deal. You needed to show up. COVID deals, right? Okay, one agent will do. I don't want to talk to any more humans. You're good. You're breathing. Let's go. We're in multiple offers anyways. You got the, the standard paperwork, right? Slap my name on that thing. Let's make a deal. That's not going to be the case moving forward. So all those agents who just kind of rode that wave, you already see them right now. And it's going to be more extreme in 2023 where they're going out and looking for a job. This is the greatest opportunity to step up and stake your market share, to take your business. It's what I did in 2012 and 13 and 14. When everybody was complaining, I was committed. But it takes, whether you're restarting your business right now, trying to grow it to the next level, just starting, and if you've been in it the last two years, you're just starting, by the way, no matter where you're at in your business, these next two or three years are so important. But it takes literally committing yourself, dedicating yourself, submitting yourself to the business for two or three years. Because fast forward 10 years into this thing, guys, I'm coming from, I'm tried to fly up here, tried to fly up here from Naples, Florida, which is my primary residence now, I still own the number one team in Connecticut, which will do, we'll be shy of a thousand deals, which is our goal this year, but we'll do over 750 units for over 300 million. That was always a dream of mine. Own a house in Connecticut, own a house in Naples, right? Have no debt. Launch a huge media company, right? I'm not saying this stuff to brag, I'm saying it to tell you what's possible over a 10 year period. How many of you guys see me on social? What I hate about social, make sure, please make sure you're connecting with me there. If you're not connected with me there already, if you see me on social, you're probably like, oh, how much business does this guy really do? He's just running his mouth, running his mouth. I say those numbers, 750 plus units this year, over 300 million, not to brag, but because I never say it on social. Because people see me on there talking and they're like, oh, this guy might be some $5 million producer, some two million, just trying to get clicks, just vanity clicks. I'm an operator. I am a true operator. And that's what I really want to share two frameworks with you guys today how to operationalize your business, your time, so you can operationalize your business. It's what I've done the last decade to put me in the position that I'm in today. And then number two, we'll talk about some of the social media stuff, how you can become a clips machine and why that is the most important thing that you should be doing in your business right now in terms of marketing and media. So let's start with the time and let's get real serious on an internal discussion where we're spending our time. 
I know for me in 2012, when I really wanted to get going, when everybody doubted me, right? Everybody who's gotten into real estate knows about this. Somebody that says, hey, I thought about getting into real estate, but so-and-so did it and they failed and the 87% failure rate, and we've all heard it before, like everybody fails in real estate and you can't do it. And even family members will doubt you until they don't anymore, right? But they'll doubt you because they know you, right? They knew me. I was bankrupt. I was the guy every single Sunday who would have everybody come to my house. We'd start at like 11. We'd roll up the J-bombs. We'd get the beer going. And we'd watch football all day long, right? From 11 a.m., we'd start. And we'd go all the way through the night game. And I'd spend my whole Sunday doing that. But when I got into real estate, my back was to the wall. I wanted it more than I wanted to breathe. I had to do it. So Sundays became my Super Bowl for my business. I stopped golfing for five years. I stopped watching football with my friends. And I love football. Like, I played football my whole life. I love it. But I was committed to the business. So I figured out where am I spending my time? Who is no longer... Those, my friends are still doing the same thing today. They're 40 years old, 39 years old, and they're sitting in their basements, drinking Bud Lights, smoking weed, watching football all day long. That's what they're doing. And guess what? They're all still working the same place they've worked the last 20 years. I love these dudes. I would do anything for them. But me spending every single day with them is going to make me the average of them, right? We've all heard that cliche, but that cliche exists for a reason. If I'm spending every single Sunday with them my time and not committing it to my business, that's what I will be, no doubt about it. And so that was the first thing I did was I got rid of anything that wasn't going to put me on this level. Who do I want to be tomorrow? And I put it all into work. I put it all into getting around people who were ahead of me, who were thinking way bigger than me, who weren't just out there like I was at 19, rolling the dice, making all these risks, but who had actually figured something out. And then I started realizing that I can actually build a business if I do it with other people, right? And so I'm gonna talk a little bit about team structure. I would argue that everybody in this room needs to be a team. The solo agents right now are like, okay, I'm checking out. I promise you what I mean by everybody needs to be a team is you can remain a solo agent, but build a team around you. A photographer could be a team member. A virtual assistant could be a team member. An assist You're not going to get your time to really build something special unless you start thinking in this manner, right? So there's really two, two kind of teams. There's the big scale team like I've done in Connecticut, or there's I'm gonna build around me, a could be a showing agent, could be an assistant, right? How, how many people in the room are, are solo agents? Great, how many people are on a team? Amazing, and then how many people are like team leaders? All right? So all three of those should be thinking team. 
If I'm on a team, I'm using the team resources, I'm trying to get my business to a certain level where I can even build that around me, right? Team leader, better, better be providing the resources, better be figuring out how to really support that agent, give them the vision of tomorrow, stay around the next corner. That's what I always like to talk about. Like there's no point in staying on a team if we're not around the next corner. And then the solo agents, again, how am I building that infrastructure around me to get more of my time back, right? What's the, who, who, who wants to shout out what is taking up the majority of your time right now in this market? Like what comes to mind right now? Anybody? What, you guys got all this free time? What do you got? Nailed it, right? That's the number one thing to get off your plate is that transaction paperwork. Here's the big mistake a lot of people make. I'm gonna go hire my first VA, I'm gonna go hire my first assistant, and I'm gonna have them call my database. Why, so you can be the, the transaction coordinator? Why are you gonna have somebody call your leads so that you're gonna be sitting there doing the transaction paperwork? So that you can negotiate an inspection? Wow, you really get paid for that. You don't. That deal's gonna either happen or it's not. You're at the inspection phase. The deals happen or not. The buyer and the seller are either committed to the deal or they're not. It's not your money, it's not your dirt, it's not your mortgage, it's theirs. They're either gonna be committed to the, to the deal or not. So put somebody in place that can help them with the nuances of getting through the transaction, the TC. This is work you shouldn't be doing, guys. I don't care if you're a team agent, a team leader, a solo agent. If you're doing this kind of work, you're holding yourself back, right? So transaction department is exactly where I'd start with. The last thing I'd give up, even as a team leader, is making those calls, connecting with people, keeping your close clients close. Who knows who Tom Ferry is? Okay, well if you guys have seen how he's working the last 12 months, you know what I'm talking about. He's sitting up top of a $100 million enterprise. He's got 200 coaches. He's got every connection in real estate that you would want. And the dude's making phone calls to all kinds of people, team leaders, all kinds of different levels in the industry. Why? Because he knows how important this time is right now, 2023. He knows that those who do the things that are hard are going to take the most market share. He wants to dominate real estate coaching. He's doing a pretty good job of it but it's because of those little things that he does that he won't give up. The phone calls, the jumping on the Zoom, the doing a little free coaching session over here because it strengthens a relationship. Don't try to outsource that side of your business until the very end. At the end of a big scale team, you could be thinking ISAs. If you're, if you're there, when we go to Q&A, I can talk about ISAs. I've got an ISA department. It's a great asset to drive leads into a team. But don't put the cart in front of the horse, right? Get rid of all the stuff that is tricking you 
into thinking you're working. Agents have a real funny thing that they do. You ever see a new agent who's like, I'm going to really get going in this business. Just watch me go. I'm going to do it. Right after I run to the Apple store and get the newest iPad because this is going to make me just so organized and work so great, right? Or they're like, watch me tomorrow. I'm really going to get going after I highlight my agenda when Google Calendar will do it for you digitally with all those different colors, right? You ever see an agent do that? Thinking they're working, tricking themselves into believing that they're working by color coordinating an agenda they got from Staples that they're not even going to look at next week. Instead of working, operationalizing your time so that you have the money and investments to actually operationalize your business in the future. When you give up, and, and listen, we don't, can we all agree on something? We don't have to be in a 100% commission business. We don't have to choose to be in a position where we have the ability to make unlimited income. But since we have chosen it, why don't we actually submit a couple years, give them up, punt them, not fall into the trap of instant gratification, do the things that for a two-year period will set us up long-term to have a transaction department, a listing coordinator, a showing agent, to have the things built around us where we don't have to be working Saturdays and Sundays. But 2023, Saturdays and Sundays are Super Bowl days if you're not there. If you don't have the kind of support that I just said, Saturdays and Sundays are big days. I'm still working Saturdays and Sundays just because of BAM, right? Like it's, it's the new venture. We want to take over. So whatever your ambitions are, that's going to reflect on your calendar. But if your ambitions are just to build the biggest team you can, the the biggest business, the biggest solo agent, front-facing, some people behind you, market share. You can get out of the Saturday-Sunday thing pretty quickly, but not if, well, I just had a hard day, so I'll make my calls tomorrow. Or, you know, two tires blew out on the runway, so I'll just give that excuse to Karen and not get to where I'm supposed to be to create the relationships that I want. There's always an excuse we can lean into. There are going to be things that blow up in your business this winter that you don't see coming. I know in the Northeast, looking at the team numbers, I'm like, every December and January, by the way, it feels like Connecticut here. I don't, I don't, I didn't, I thought North Carolina was nice, but I, I don't know. Right, but I, I know December and January, naturally the market falls down, and then, oh, by the way, we're in a time frame right now where transaction count in 2023 might look like 2012. Things are going to blow up that we don't expect them to. 
So while things might be good, you might look at your B of A app or whoever you bank with right now and like your savings account right now, but two months without a deal, you might not like it anymore, right? We're in that kind of business, which is why we've got to have urgency in it right now. I would also encourage you to take urgency and the calculated risk, not the extreme risk that I made in 2004 being an idiot. You guys are already in this room, so you're around smart people. Take the calculated risk of investing in your business so that while every other office, every other business in your market is retracting, you're making up more of that market share. If you've got the ability to take some money and put it into your business, there's not a better time. Not to do what, I see those billboards when I drive through North Carolina. Not, not to do that. Not to do billboards. But to actually take your money and invest it in that infrastructure, those key employees or VAs or whatever it may be around you. And then the second thing that I want to talk about, which is investing going all in on actually making a statement on social media, not posting just solds and under contracts. Not posting static image that look like every other agent, right? When I scroll through some agents' feeds and it's just like, I mean, I, I could put any face on this body because nobody knows. The, the consumer doesn't even know what we're talking about, by the way, when we stand a contract. I'm sorry, but they don't. Does that mean you, you sign the house? Or did you sell it? Did you get paid? You know, what, what does it mean? The consumer has no, when we're doing this realtor talk, they have no idea what we're talking about. So I want you to invest in actually becoming what I would call a clips machine on social. For those of you that are following me on Instagram, you know what I'm talking about. Instagram reels, TikTok videos, the tick, Gary Vaynerchuk calls it the TikTokification of social media. He's calling it that because if, whether it's YouTube shorts, whether it's Instagram reels, or whether it's TikTok videos, you can now compete with absolutely any account on any platform with no followers. So two years ago, the argument might have been, hey, you should get on social, you should be producing videos, you should be doing clips, you should be doing this, you should be doing, well, I have 13 followers, nobody's gonna see it. And you would have had an argument there because Instagram specifically was feeding content to people's followers. So if you had a huge following, you, you got engagement, you got likes and you, you, you got comments and you got all this kind of stuff, right? Now, what Gary Vee's calling the TikTokification of these social platforms is you can have no followers, put up an Instagram reel, and get 17 million views, and get featured on Dave Ramsey, and get PR that you can't even pay for. It just happened to me, that whole story. 17 million views, featured on Dave Ramsey show, which is PR I would have never been able to afford. Dave Ramsey won't even let you pay him to get on his show. And I also have videos that have 300 views 
because it was a crap video, right? So right now, these social platforms are rewarding you on the merit of how good this content is. What a great opportunity to actually go and get some attention onto your business. People are gonna hire you because they like you, but before that they gotta know you, and then they ultimately gotta trust you to work with you, right? You've heard that, know, like, trust. If nobody knows you, then just the very few people who actually know you are gonna like you, and maybe even less of them are gonna trust you to do some real estate. We need massive eyeballs on what we're doing. There's just no question about it. And you actually have in 2023, with everything happening in the market, with all the uncertainty in the economy, you actually have this golden platter opportunity to get free organic eyeballs if you just post a clip every single day. If you post a clip on YouTube Shorts, on Instagram, and on TikTok every single day, you have the opportunity once a week for one of those to spike up and go completely insane. We have team agents in Connecticut who were getting no views, no nothing. We start doing the, viral the viral clips, the face the camera clips, and it's 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 views in the community. So here's a couple ways that you can do this. Take some notes. We can go to Q&A on this stuff if you're interested. You should be shooting long-form content specifically not to become the next Joe Rogan and grow a podcast, but specifically to get these short clips posted on all your social accounts. So having 40, 60-minute conversations with people in your community where you're just looking for two to four 30 to 90-second clips. Okay, what do I mean by that? You go and you find an entrepreneur in your market who's been there 35 years. He's a very outgoing personality. He's a staple of the community. Everybody knows him. You offer to do an interview. Call it a podcast. Call it whatever the hell you want. Be the news reporter doing an interview with this person. I want to drive attention to the business, to all the great things that you've built. You've been a staple for the community. You know the community better than anybody. Everybody respects you. I want to highlight you. And you're doing it with the sole purpose in that one hour to find three clips. By asking questions that are very crisp, where he's got to or she's got to jump in with an immediate response, and that becomes your three-second hook. See, on TikTok, Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts, it's all about the first three seconds, whether somebody's actually gonna watch the 30 or 60 seconds and loop back and watch it again. And that's when you get something that could potentially have tens or 20 of thousands or hundreds of thousands or 17 million views, is when they're hooked in that first three seconds they loop back, watch the video a second time. The algorithm serves it up to the next level, the next level, the next level. See, social media is just a game. Who is old enough to have regular Nintendo back in the day like I had, right? So like, think like uh, 
Remember when you could skip the level in uh, Mart? You, you know back, right? You could go up top. What was that, level seven to 11 or something? Was that, were those the levels? And you jump up and you skip levels, right? It's just, it's all a game. Social media, if you hit the game right, you're gonna skip a couple levels and you're just gonna get free view. You're just going to get free attention from these platforms, why? Because they're all in competition with each other and they want good content. They're craving good content. So if you give it to them, they're going to give you their world. There are people in your community right now that can give you the free content that you don't have to think about. I'm telling you, a 35-year uh, uh, entrepreneur in your market who's been doing this day in and day out, you ask him or her the right question, they're gonna be passionate about their business and about their community and they're, they're, gonna, they're gonna deliver something wild that you can clip out and lead with the first three seconds. We're here in Greensboro right now, right? So maybe you ask somebody who's been in business a long time here, hey, over the 35 years of running a business in Greensboro, Karen, if you could start 35 years ago, what's one thing you would change about Greensboro, North Carolina? and they get right into what one thing I would change. I've seen it all. Greensboro used to be there. It used to, right, they're gonna get on some rant. And you have that thing cut up on the most, maybe not divide, maybe divisive is the wrong word, but the most opinionated starting point. And that's the clip, then the context, and then you finish it off, right? Where, wherever it can, there's a little bit of an art to it, wherever it can loop back into itself. Now, do I suggest you edit these videos going back to operationalizing your time? No, I suggest you shoot a long form video every single week. It's like getting yourself out of calls, no. Getting yourself out of connecting with a local entrepreneur and spending 60 minutes with them, no. Be the interviewer and then outsource the editing to get two, three, four, five clips every single week so that you have a, a post every single day so that you can put it into your story, tag your local community, tag your local community in the post. And one of these things goes 10, 20, 30,000 views. I don't know, this can't be that big. How big is, of a town is this? 300,000, right? You get 30,000 views here locally, that's 10% of people talking about it. Hey, did you see so-and-so, what he said, what he would change? I mean. He was really talking about that last mayor we had, right? Like you could, people that know this community know those underlying stories that somebody might be telling. How about this one? I love this example. How about calling somebody who's lived in this community for 25, 30 plus years, who's just a homeowner, introducing yourself? I'm Byron Lazine, I'm a local real estate agent and I'm not calling you to sell your house or get you to buy something. Okay, well, well, what do you want? I see that you've lived in the community same house for 30 years, yeah? I would just love to interview you, one, so that I can learn more about the community. You've got more knowledge than me. There's something I can learn from you. And number two, I think the new people coming into this community can learn from this as well. 
I'd love to just highlight you, interview it, share it with our com share this information with our community. Wow. Oh, okay, sure. Right? You get you get one person to say yes to that. That person who's been here 30 years is going to have insights on your community like nobody else. And I like to like accomplish a lot of things at once, right? So what have you done in that hour? You've gotten yourself clips from somebody really experienced in the community that you can share out. Other people know that person. I can't believe he interviewed Mrs. Smith. That was so cute, right? What is she gonna do? Oh my gosh, this agent interviewed me, didn't wanna sell me anything, just was very curious, was obnoxiously curious, like I really had something to share, put me up on a pedestal, gonna tell all of her friends, right? Having tea, coffee, tell everybody. You're gonna make a relationship in the community that can have an impact from places you don't even know, it, you don't even see it coming. Referrals you don't, I, I just said referrals, uh-oh. Like, it can happen that way, right? And you're getting content for your business. You're doing multiple things at once. We have a panel in our office in Connecticut every single week right now where we have two or three agents on the panel. We're, we're recruiting. We're, we're having other agents come in. We're also having our agents hang out. So what are we doing? We're building culture. We're getting a possibility to recruit. And then our agents who are on the panel, they're getting content for their social media. We're accomplishing three things in an hour, right? Or you could spend an hour sitting at an inspection. Or you could outsource that and do stuff like this that gets you multiple wins with the one hour that you have, right? We've got to figure out how can we hack our time to get a whole heck of a lot more done with less, and we need to be sharing it out there on these platforms. The people who really win in 2023 with lower transactions are going to be the ones that get inbound leads coming into them every single day. What was the biggest marketing machine in 2022? You should know it, just say it. What, what was it? No? Like, who was the best marketer in real estate that got the most leads? No, no, no. Zillow. Glenda's great too. I love Glenda. Zillow. Zillow's the best marketer in our business. They get all the leads. It's why they can charge 35%. He or she who owns the lead will always win. Your opportunity to own the lead is sitting on Instagram, on YouTube Shorts, on Facebook. It's having that one-off interview once a week with somebody who's lived here forever so that you create a deep relationship and get the content. Glenda gets a whole bunch of referrals right now because everybody in the business knows her, right? Everybody in her community knows her. She's been doing it a long time too. But that's a great example of, I need, a, I need a lot of eyeballs. Zillow has a lot of eyeballs, right? They've got millions of people trafficking their website. We are not building a website that is gonna compete with Zillow. Zillow is Google of real estate. 
You're not going to buy a website right now that's going to compete with them. But they're also not going to go interview that 75-year-old little lady who's been in your community 30 years and put it up as an Instagram reel or a TikTok. They're not doing that. They can't do that. It would be inauthentic for them to do that. You can do that. So I'm urging you guys, if you get nothing else out of my little rant, that you take the time to step back, look at your next year, decide to go all in on it, decide to find out where can I take the money to actually take the risk to do one or two or three of the things that I just mentioned, to get the permission to do it, meaning if you have a spouse, a partner, if you're married like I am, going home and saying, hey honey, today we're gonna do our first vision board. This is what I did like three years ago, all right? I'm gonna put all your stuff that you want at the top because it's, honey, it's most important. Babe, you're, you're most important. Let's put that at the top. Let's put all of the family stuff in the middle. I call this the three-section vision board. And then here, when we get, get done doing all this fun stuff, and listen, she thought it was corny the first time we did this. I, she's like, I don't want to be cutting stuff out of magazines and printing off of Google and like, you know, we're, we're, we're not in kindergarten here. Okay, right? And here at the bottom... We're going to put all the things that actually, the foundation that actually get this stuff done. The hours I'm going to have to work. The calls I'm going to have to make. The appointments I'm going to have to go on. The amount of business I'm going to have to do. The amount of taxes I'm going to have to pay. And I wish that number was zero, right? But I got to pay taxes here in America. All the stuff we've got to do to get the money to do all this other stuff. Because when I come home at 10 o'clock at night from sitting in the airport all day and I leave at 2 a.m. and then I leave here and go to San Diego and she's got the hardest job in the world and she's watching two little girls at home every single day and she has a hard day, what do you think is going to happen? I'm really, you know, I'm really fed up. This is really driving me nuts. I'm really burnt out. Of course she is. She's got the hardest job in the world. She's the mother of two kids. Only thing harder is a mother for three kids and then a mother for four kids, right? So great, cool. We, we have a, an agreement, right? Marriage is just a real estate contract that the government gets in the way of, right? So we, we've got ourselves in a little agreement here. What do we want to take off of the, of the vision? What do we want to remove from the top or the middle that we're not committed to anymore? Well, I want that stuff. Great. So are we, are we back all in on our commitment? Open communication. Get the permission from home or from the people that care most about you. I haven't talked much about accountability. I love the to topic of accountability. We hire, fire, train on accountability. Get the people around you to be accountable on your vision. If it's up here, 
I had the vision since I went bankrupt in 2008 of being a real estate agent. It took me to 2012 to do it because it was up here. I was thinking about it. I want to get there someday. I'm going to do it. I'm like that agent I was talking about. I'm going to really get going. I didn't get going for four years because I didn't share it with anybody. I didn't have any accountability. I didn't build a vision out for the closest people to me to hold me accountable. Now it's our vision, right? Well, 10 years later, my wife has seen us. Oh, oh yeah, we, we have houses in multiple states. Oh, yep, we've got that. Oh, yeah, she, she's got the car she wants with no car payment on. Right, got it. Check, 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 check. Now she's excited to do the vision board because she sees it works. Get the permission to take the risk and to take advantage of 2023, which will likely be the biggest opportunity in all of our lives and all of our careers. Please do that. Thank you guys, appreciate it. Yeah, any, any direction you want to go, I literally go in any direction on Q&A stuff. Yeah, social media, operations, whatever. Or nothing, whatever you guys want. All right, right back there. Michael, look at you breaking the ice. Uh-huh. So for me right now, it's Bobby, it's real word. So we're fil we film real word and walk through live twice twice a week because those are and then I, and then I batch the rest. Yeah. So so literally my time, you guys see all this content that's going out there. My personal time is two half hour shows and I'm chopping those up. So I'm doing an hour, and I do an hour prep for the topics, maybe two hours prep. So let's call it a few hours. And then once a month, I take half a day, and I batch record a bunch of straight-to-camera stuff that I can spread out as additional content. So the actual prepping and recording is not a lot of time. The hard work is the editing. So taking the risk, finding, getting the permission to get somebody to do the editing. Cause that's just, I was editing videos. Bobby might not even know this. I was editing on like Windows Movie Maker, some horse crap in 2013. That's just a waste of time, right? So finding the, the, um, the risk tolerance to get that out there and have somebody else editing it. But I'll tell you right now, the real word is, we just did episode 244 this week. I had a show before that that did 170 episodes. I've been doing this for eight years every single week, Tuesday at 10 a.m. Not Tuesday at 10.30, not Wednesday some weeks, every single week, except for maybe four or five weeks a year on travel, I just move it. Those Google calendars move around. 
It's in my calendar in perpetuity. So your interview show, your long-form content capture of the week to get the short clips needs to live in your calendar in perpetuity forever and always. The last eight years, I've been doing a show Tuesday at 10 o'clock. That's when I film it. By the way, I figured out my second year of real estate, I'm never going to do an appointment before noon. If I can do it, build a huge business, make that a rule, everybody in this room can do it. I've heard every excuse in the book. Well, this particular client, no, you don't have the confidence to talk to that client and own your schedule. That's all it is. It's confidence. Hey, I want to do the inspection at nine. Great. Well, I've got two o'clock or three o'clock. Which one of those is going to work better? Well, I really want nine. Hey, do you want the inspection or not? We got two o'clock or three o'clock, dude. These are the best times to inspect this house. Trust me, the way the light hits the house, I'm telling you, two o'clock, that's when you want to inspect this deal. You got to have passion when you sell it. You got to have passion to protect your schedule. This content doesn't take a lot of time if you protect your schedule. If we look at everybody's Google Calendar right now, we're going to see some scary things. The most scary thing is a lot of white space. Because you haven't committed to time blocks that are actually going to give you the business that you want and then staying committed to them. You might be like, oh man, but Byron's really a hard ass. Hey, Fuck it, it's your business, it's not mine. I don't care if the thing stays white or not. It's really up to you. So that the, when you time block, when you get committed to it, it's not gonna take you a lot of time at all. What else we got? Sure. Yep, I love it. That's a great question. Um, you know, number one, we don't veer from who we are. So we talk about our mission religiously and our values religiously. So our missions be better today than we were yesterday, starting with us, then our families, then our clients in that order. If you're not, you know, Karen mentioned the 5M call. If you're not investing in you every single day, then you're gonna be like your cell phone battery, like 50% for your family. And then by the time you get to your clients, you're gonna have 10% energy left. When you're filling up your tank so you can be 100% there for your family, the client stuff is easy. And then we only hire to, are you hungry, committed, and accountable? And we terminate on that. We don't take part-time employees. We have rules in our business to find the people that tick like us. Going back to like, I love my boys from high school, but if I'm sitting there every single Sunday doing what they're doing, I'm gonna be them. If I recruit anybody, if anybody can come on the team, if we, if we allow part-timers to spread that disease in our business, not taking this thing serious, we're dealing with people's biggest financial asset. I'm sorry, if you're a part-timer, I've offended many online already. I'll offend you in person. That is a disease running through this business. 
Now, I don't mean you can't hack the beginning waiting tables at night, like working an extra shift, doing something to pay your bills with an end date to get into the business full time, like to, to like do it, do it. We've had agents on our team that couldn't get into our new agent program, 10 years teaching. She's like, I, I want to do it part time because I've, I've, I'm a tenured teacher. You know, I, I've been doing this for 10 years. I got my pet, I got everything lined up and if real estate doesn't work for me, I just given that up, too bad. This isn't the team for you. She quit the job, she's one of our top producers. She can do like 15, 17 million dollars this year. She knew teaching, everybody gets paid the same. Whether you're that bad teacher or good teacher, right? And there, trust me, there's bad teachers, they do exist. I smoked pot with three of my teachers in high school, right? So. <laughs> There's bad teachers out there, okay? So there's every level. She quit, we had somebody who had a, a town pension. Quit, we take full-time professionals. We're actually gonna be a professional when we get in front of somebody. We're gonna, we're gonna take the, the thing serious, right? So I think it starts with that. Who, who are you surrounding yourself with? How, how do you get everybody to be accountable? You, you just train to accountable people. We talk to 90 people a week that want to join the team. We only have 50-something agents. So we say no, 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 no. Go to X, Y, and Z brokerage. It's definitely a place for you, right? And we know the writing on the wall. We know why 87% exists. We know why the failure rate is what it is. If you're not willing to commit to this, it's likely you'll be in the 87%. Sure. Well, I don't, I don't want to put the 5 a.m. call on anybody. I will say that before I do the, the little tagline, I'll say the reason why I do the 5 a.m. call is first couple years of my business, I told you guys a story, but whatever, I was on fire. It was like really easy for me to wake up at 4 a.m. And, and get going. And then two, three years in, I started getting a little bit success, right? Maybe the last year, maybe you felt the same way, a little bit of that COVID money, right? It's like, ooh, right? And you start slacking off. And I started finding myself getting into the office. I used to get in the office really early. I was getting in at like seven, eight. And like to me, that's late. Like somebody's got to get kids off school. That would be, you know, it's, everybody's situation is different there. But it, I was waking up later too. I was waking up, I wasn't going to the gym. I was putting some pounds on right here. You guys know what I'm saying? And it was just like, I wasn't liking that. And so I said to a couple of my friends, like, hey, let, let's just hold each other accountable to waking up at 5 a.m. I need to get my morning right. If I get my morning right, the rest of my day takes off. For me, if I get to the gym, I'm a better person, right? When I, I had 50 listings at one time when I started uh, the first few years. And like any, you know, when you have 50 listings or deals going on, like anything can just make you go crazy. There's an issue here, there's an issue, there's always an issue, right? And if I didn't go to the gym, like I would just like wanna snap at these issues. So that was a big part of it, was being able to get to the gym. It turned into like this big thing where all these people now call in, but what I say when I moderate every single call, this time that you're capturing for yourself, this morning routine, it's 
when I say, hey, um, this call, which is the 5 a.m. call, it's all about what you do after the call. It's all about that time, that routine, all about what you do after the call for you, for yourself, in your morning routine. So I'm urging everyone on this call to be super selfish in your routine, going back to like investing in yourself. So you have the energy and ambition to be selfless with the rest of your day. It's kind of like that whole mission with the team. It's be better today than you were yesterday for you, then your family, then your clients. How many people have you seen just like give everything to their family? They get burnt out on their family basically and their kids move away and don't give a shit about them anyway, right? Like that's the, that's the, that's the end result of that. Like you gotta take care of you. That's what the morning routine is so powerful. Then you can give up your whole day to your family and your clients and all their needs. We're in, a, we're in a business where everybody has, they need us. They're in an emotional state. They got all these problems. If we're not taking care of ourselves, what happens? We're that agent that's an emotional wreck right there with them. We think we're adding value to the transaction by being their buddy in their emotions. I promise you, you're being, you're, one, you're getting a bad reputation for yourself. I can tell you that with the really good, sophisticated agents who are professionals, who know how to run a business, you're getting a bad name for yourself by ramping up your emotions in the deal. And number two, you're leading them down the wrong path. Empathy, totally get it, that sucks. Here's the solutions that we have. In my experience, these have worked really well. That's a professional, keeping your emotions out of the deal. It's a lot easier to do that when you can take care of yourself first. And so that's why I say be super selfish in the morning so you can be selfless with the rest of your day.